0: Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice.
1: It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to to Tutela Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! No. Sports Talk from Montana, for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The tight end situation at Montana State. The audio situation. With NFL football, it is to tell 1029 ESPN radio SWX Montana television. Outstanding to be with you on this Monday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Hope you had a great weekend. I know we had uh what, like a squall. Is that what you call it? A micro burst, man? It was blowing all over the place from Washington to Montana over the weekend, but hope you, uh, you know, made it out. Okay. I know some trees were not the worst for where they're kind of, took it on the chin a little bit but nonetheless we are here and we're happy to be with you hope you are well thanks for uh, hanging out with us on a monday afternoon we are broadcasting live as always from the kurtz Polera studios and on the world wide web 1029 espn.com you can listen live anytime that you want it's called a stream it's there for your use at your leisure you get in live all the time thanks to opportunity bank Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. You want to pick up the phone and call us, you can do that as well. 361-3688. 361 All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look at what we have in the show today. Nate Potter, who's the tight ends coach at Montana State, uh, did a Zoom press conference uh, actually about a week ago now and we are just kind of getting to the sound. It wasn't particularly time sensitive, but I think there are some interesting things in there just for the position group. It's not a position group that's had a, a whole lot of impact at least in the statistical categories it's been a very young group uh but nate potter going through his team what uh or his, his position group excuse me what he expects out of them and maybe about some stuff regarding the run game a little mystery there so we'll get into that Deshaun jackson he finally got it through how long i've been saying this what Deshaun jackson finally said better him saying it to me i got you know i got no sway here he's an nfl football player is he a Hall of Famer. I want to get out, man. I think that Deshaun Jackson is—he's not a Hall of Famer, man. I'm going to tell you that right now. But his numbers—if you look at his numbers—you will be astounded. Not you. I think
0: that I think, uh, think is he is one of the litmus tests for three different factors. Actually, I think he's a litmus test for analyzing numbers based on the error that you played in. I think he's a litmus test for a guy who, while having a tremendous NFL career. Still never lived up to the expectations of what we thought of him because he was mm-hmm. the number one player in the country coming out of high school. And I think he's a litmus test just straight up of, if you're better than Deshaun Jackson, you probably is your, are this a is Hall of your line.
1: Famer. This is your line. Okay. Uh, well, nonetheless, he's a Hall of Famer for this right here of what he wants to do. He says, hey, man, we should, if there's no fans in NFL stadiums, we should mic the players up. Here, here, I say to that, now I know there's a lot of people Said no to that. I say yes that. I'll tell you why. So we'll get into that. And also we'll get into a blind side next hour. Wanna remind everybody the Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort giveaway is still happening. We're going to talk about that uh, in uh, in a little bit. But again, you can text in your best golf photo to two 200 8184. Text in your best golf photo to that phone number. It just comes here. Nobody's getting that information. It's not going to any businesses, not even going to the Coeur d'Alene Resort. It's just coming here. It's just so that we can collect everything in one easy to access way. Uh, so n- none of your information, phone numbers, anything like that is going to be uh, used or solicited or anything. But you give us, uh, you text us in a picture to 200 8184, your best golf photo, and you will be in the running to win a stay in play, an overnight stay in play at the Coeur Golf Resort uh which is a, a fabulous one Coulter, and i fortunate enough to do that uh this weekend and and uh well we warmed it up for you let's just put it like that literally what is like 92 on saturday gracious then it turned on us in a hurry overnight on saturday night didn't it so we'll get into all that Coulter. how you doing my friend nice to see you you know
0: i'm doing um okay it's been an uh interesting last several days uh, around around the country and uh you know, as we have said, it's been crazy because this year, 2020, has just been a year that's just been ripe with things that can make you feel less than phenomenal, right? Whether it was Kobe Bryant dying or the pandemic basically ge- canceling some of the most joyous communal gatherings that we share, whether it's the Big Sky Conference tournament or the NCAA tournament or just sports as we know it in general, to now the riots that are going on across the country. And I think you and I both agree there is plenty of coverage and exposure and, and more than enough out there when it comes to all of these less-than-exemplary, less-than-positive things that are going on in our world. So as we we will continue to strive to be something that provides some sort of levity, some sort of entertainment, um, some, some sort of fun, some sort of – call it a distraction if you want, but I, I think that we have really – Tried to make our best effort to give people something to consume that isn't all the dark news that shrouds us today. But I, I will say this, and I don't want to get too much into the, the riot stuff right now. I do think that we will continue to talk about it through the lens of of the sports entertainment world that we live in. But I think you and I both share the same thought in that, first of all, a lot of the negativity that's being spread on every side of this thing, and the fact that there's sides is the part that bothers me the worst. Because all we're really talking about is the decency and and uh, the the worth of human lives, and that's that to to me should be overwhelmingly agreed upon. And for whatever reason, we still try to find details to argue about it, and that bothers me a great deal. But I think that you and I have both mostly lived in pretty rural areas for most of our lives. Mostly lived in places that aren't not, not necessarily incredibly diverse. Although you did live in the Seattle Tacoma area for quite some time, which is a very diverse area. But regardless, I think you and I would agree that you know you have traveled abroad quite a bit. I have not, but I have traveled extensively throughout the United States and sports was the thing that provided me that opportunity. And also just a kid that has lived, You know, as a guy who's lived in Montana for most of my life, I've also been able to touch and interact and befriend and make meaningful relationships with people from around the world because of sports. And I hope that that's one thing that people find solace in. I do think that the world we work in can be one of the things that eases our pain. Because as you and I both agree, if you've ever been around... Sports is the great equalizer, right? It is a true meritocracy. You you get what you deserve. And a lot of times you don't get what you deserve. And that's the hardest part is you, you do have to learn to lose. You do have to learn to fail. But you also see, especially in Montana, the meshings of people from across the globe in a sports locker room and things like race and the color of your skin, they disappear. And I think that's the best part about what we do. And that's what I hope that people can continue to take from us from this show as we move forward is that we want to emphasize all the the wonderful parts of being an American being a sports fan and the things that we get to experience because of the meshing of cultures uh, that happen because of the avenues of athletics
1: no question I think I think a lot of what you said uh, I I agree with and you know for me personally I mean when you sit out and you look at You know what? What has happened? Michael Floyd, the latest example. George Floyd. Excuse me, George Floyd, the latest example of, of a of you know a a needless and senseless killing, a murder that we all witness, being the catalyst for what we're experiencing now in terms of the protests that are going on and some of the reaction violence. And again, there's who's being violent why are they being violent is it all in reaction to this is it other things other influences i don't i don't know the answers to all that we live here in montana you know we we are in a lot of ways removed from that and yet we're not because we are part of this country and the country is what is in question right now or what is questioning what is going on where are we going to be how do we need to get to where we need to be uh and there's been protests in in this state, in this city, in Missoula downtown, I know in Bozeman downtown the same thing. I think in Billings as well. That has been those have been happening. Helena and as somebody who has not experienced the ills of prejudice, of profiling, of of violence, I find it very difficult. I feel like I feel the need to say something, and I feel difficult difficulty in coming up with what to say no question and so i uh have elected to you know within the context of of myself attempt to find voices that i trust that i think articulate a position that i couldn't express because they are voices of people who have been there and would know and so i trust them rely on them would like to be a conduit for them rather than myself saying well here's what i think here's what should happen here this this and this everybody wants to talk about their opinion on this I ha- I certainly have those, but also other people have far more, uh, 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 you know, reality to pull from in certainly. order to say things that are that are truer than what I'm able to express. So I, I leave it at that. But we certainly understand that what we're doing here is coming within the backdrop of a whole bunch of things that are happening. Okay, that globally the pandemic. You talk about nationally the, the 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 protests, the election cycle that we're in is a, a lot of things are happening right now no that question. are high stress, high tension, high emotion things, and yet we're going to talk about the tight ends at Montana right. State because that's what we do.
0: No, no question. And I, I don't. I I totally agree with you, but I don't think it's necessarily about coming up with the right thing to say or giving the right piece of advice because you're right. No matter what color your skin is, no matter what your racial background is, I don't know if any of us have the right answer, except for that we should all share the exact same centering opinion. And it's not even an opinion. It's, it should just be a fact of our reality. That human lives, no matter what color your skin is, matter. Period. And that's the only thing that I want to say. I don't have any advice on how to do this. I think it's an incredibly polarizing and an incredibly politicized thing. Sadly, I think that's wrong, that that's how it is. But I think it's a sad truth. Just in the last couple years, we've had the experience of meeting not just people from different ethnicities and racial backgrounds, but from all over the world. I mean, look at Montana State's basketball roster, for example. They got guys from the other side of the globe. I mean, Harold Fridge, Abril Bello, Amin Adamu, love those guys. And we had Michael Ogine in here on Friday talking about his new experience going to to France to play basketball. He's a first-generation American. Parents are from Nigeria. And I guess the only thing that I want to express is that I consider every single person that we've interacted with uh, a friend of mine, and someone that I that makes me happy that I know them. We I admire everybody that we've come across in our line of work, and I think that it really just comes down to the expression of love. I love these people, and I hope that we can all find ways to become centered and love each other once again.
1: You're here, here, Coulter During this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. It's 2TEL New two 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. And so with that as an opener, the tight end group at Montana State, somewhat anonymous in uh, the last year or two, and there's maybe reasons for that. Some of it is the youth of the group at large. Some of it is the fact that uh, the emphasis of the running game. So even if you do a great job as a blocker, you don't get a whole lot of love if you're a tight end, right? But, Colter, tell the folks about Nate, Nate Potter. Well, and so th- that's
0: why I think this is an interesting analysis, too, because, and this is the way I posed this segment to you and we were planning the show, is that the tight end position has actually become among the the most premier and visible positions when it comes to professional football yes. in the NFL, I mean, some of the biggest stars, the most productive players, the most coveted fantasy football players are the tight ends. Rob Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham kind of set the pace, mm-hmm. but then we've had awesome guys after that, like George Kittle, who I know is your yep. one of your favorite yep. guys in the whole league. Yep. Travis Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey, right. Zach Ertz. I mean, these guys, these are dudes you want to... Uh, y- even... 10 years ago, you would never would have thought of picking a tight end with one of your f- first four or five picks in the fantasy football draft. But now, if you can get Travis Kelsey
1: or Zach Ertz. Oh, I mean, Gr- Gronk was going top, top six, t- seven and overall for a little bit. 100%. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. and so they've become such a featured position. And it's because some of the guys that are in the NFL right now, they – like George Kittle is so talented that he can play – inline tight end he can play weak side tight end he can play h-back tight end he can play out of the slot he could even put his hand in the dirt in the backfield and block for you run routes for you everything he's so diverse his skill set is so amazing so is travis kelsey i mean travis kelsey out of the slot i mean we think of slots as guys like julian edelman and Wes Welker, little scat back type inside receivers Travis Kelsey might be the best route runner out of the slot, not named Larry Fitzgerald and and, and Cooper Cup in the entire entire NFL, though, right? I mean, you line Travis Kelsey up in the slot, that is one of the great mismatches you could have on offense. That said, then I think that that has skewed what we think of as tight end, what tight end productivity and what makes a great tight end in college football. In college football, every once in a while, you might get, you know, a Bo Sandlin, like Montana State had a couple years ago, a drop down from Miami who just simply transferred because he couldn't beat out David Dujoku. Okay, who could? <laughs> you know, like Bo Sandlin told me, the first time I saw that guy with his shirt off in the locker room, I knew I probably needed to transfer because yeah. <laughs> I'm not him. But the you look at what Montana is doing with their tight ends, you look at what Montana State's doing with their tight ends, I think that there's multiple... Positions within the tight end group. And you, you talk about Nate Potter, the tight ends coach at Montana State. He's a second year tight ends coach. He was an all, all conference, uh, borderline all American offensive lineman at Boise State. He was drafted in the NFL draft by the Dallas Cowboys, spent a couple years in the NFL. But he's done a great job with Montana State's tight ends. And I think when you look at what they've done the last three years, although you know, it was a couple years ago, they had that great senior group of Curtis Amos and Connor Sullivan. Um, Those guys, even though they didn't catch many passes, they had definitive, distinct roles that were so pivotal in Montana State's offense. Now you look at Montana State's tight end group, Nate Potter's basically coaching four different positions within one position group room, and they have specialists at each of those. They got the inline guy, they got the wing guy, they have the H-back guy, and then they have the fullback guy. RJ Fitzgerald has been the guy that's really risen to the top of that fullback role. Derek Snell has become... Their H slash wing tight end. Ryan Davis is the inline guy. I don't think Ryan Davis has caught a ball in his career yet. He's going to be a senior out of Billings Skyview, but he's going to be a three year starter. And I think everybody on the team would tell you that guy is pivotal to what we do. You talk about setting the edge on defense. Ryan Davis is the one that creates the edge on offense. That's how good of a blocker he is. And so I just think it's interesting because. The more you know the teams, the more you realize the importance of the positions, and also you have to just watch these guys on the field because chances are they're not going to touch the ball. Montana tight ends actually do touch the ball a fair yeah, amount. they do. But Montana State tight ends, they don't touch the ball that much because, I mean, like last year, if you're only throwing the ball 12 times a game, you're going to throw it to Kevin Cassis five times, Travis Johnson five times. Probably and the
1: right way to go. That's about it. Yeah.
0: But these guys are pivotal in the run game. I, I think it's interesting because in analyzing the position, you have to go beyond the stat sheet. But make no mistake, Montana State has been one of the top two rushing teams in the league three years in a row. The offensive line gets a ton of praise. The quality of the running backs get a ton of praise. The tight ends deserve just as much praise because they do. They play a absolutely pivotal
1: role for Montana State in their offense. And so the first question here for Nate, Nate Potter is exactly that. What is the role the tight ends, especially with a new Austin, uh, offense, Justin Udy coming in, going to have a new offense? What's their role going to be now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I see us as a, as a position that's the true ultimate weapon. I don't see us coming off the football field. I want us to be able to execute everything in our playbook as far as in the run game, in the pass game, and that's the mark of a true tight, good tight end and also a good tight end group. Uh, I want to be able to have two or three tight ends on the field at one time and be able to operate everything we need to. And uh, that's the type of skill set we're trying to develop where – they can do a little bit of everything really well. Um, And it's very unique to that position, and it's not always, you know, doesn't happen overnight, but that's kind of the goal, is we have guys that can do everything for our offense.
1: So again, the name of the game is versatility, right? I mean, that's what that is, in a word, that's what he's talking about. We, not just one guy that can do a bunch of different things, we got a group of guys, in fact, 10, if, uh, if you're counting them up, which we'll hear about in just a moment, but 10 guys that can, each of them have different skill sets that they bring to the table for use in different arenas.
0: And other than just the uh, the production, the blocking and the catching passes, stick with me here because I think that we know defensive football and college football has become a game of rotating. It's become a game of packages. There's very few every down players mm-hmm. left I mean there's very few Dante Olson and Robbie Houks like Montana have that do not come off the field even you know Troy Anderson in Montana State comes off the field sometimes for certain packages you know even guys like Bryce Sturck would come off the field sometimes depending on what the package is on offense though we know that you're going to rotate receivers all the time because they're running deep routes all that you know you're going to rot- rotate running backs because you want to keep them fresh but in reality, You hardly ever rotate offensive linemen, right? and you never rotate quarterbacks. Some schools do a little bit package-wise. But but, basically not. But basically not. So you're talking about more than half of your offensive personnel is on the field at all times. You're talking about your quarterback and five offensive linemen. That's six out of your 11 guys that are on the field all the time. You could have so many different guys contribute by having position versatility at the other spots. It's very – like three wide receiver sets where each guy has distinctly different skill sets is not as common as – When Montana State rolls out there, I mean, they can play Jacob Hadley and Ryan Davis and Derek Snell and RJ Fitzgerald all at the same time in the same package, but I think it also gives you then the ability to have more leaders, more guys that can become older and stick with it because they have a role. A kid like Wilson Brott, for example, Mitch Brott's older brother, Wilson was, was kind of stuck in the middle when he was going into his junior year. He was a tweener. He wasn't big enough to play offensive tackle. He could never really get himself to get up more than 260 pounds. But he wasn't fast enough to play tight end. But they said they created a position for him as basically the power tight end. He would play like an extra tackle spot. But then when he's playing on the edge, six five two sixty is just fine. If you're trying to get by 260 at left tackle, you're going to get worn out. Whereas Wilson Broughton had a role. And you look at those Montana State tight ends from several years ago, with, with Wilson Broughton and, and Connor Sullivan, um, those and, and Curtis Amos. Those guys were definitive leaders on that team, even though they hardly touched the ball. And so I think that when, you, when you're when you talking about, I think it, it opens up a lot of things in recruiting because you can have guys that maybe don't have this prototype body. I mean, look at R.J. Fitzgerald, for example. What position is he really going to play besides H-back or fullback? He's 5'9", 240. But dang, he can, he can beat you up at yeah. the point of attack. I mean, right. if his role is C-linebacker, hit linebacker, Nobody better in the league, in my opinion, yeah. than him. And so you can find roles for guys, but I think it opens it up for recruiting, especially in Montana. And then you transition this to the Montana Grizzly side of things, they've done a tremendous job because they have guys that can play multiple of the spots. Like Bryson Deming, his body type is to be that traditional inline blocking tight end, yeah. but he also can run a post right over the middle. He caught multiple touchdowns last year. You look at a guy like Matt Rensville, if he can get back healthy – this, that guy's a, a fierce weapon in the big sky because he can line up an H at wing in the slot. That's going to be the other factor. We talked about players we were excited to watch from Montana. To me, Cole Grossman is one of the most compelling guys on the Montana Grizzly roster this year. I don't think Grossman has enough mass yet to be that inline guy or to be that consequential in the blocking game, although he is a tough guy. He played some defense during spring ball last year. He could hit. But... That weapon, if you put him in motion or line him up on the slot, you talk about matchup nightmare. I mean, he's 6'4", 225, but he runs like a receiver. And he's got, I mean, he's an all-state basketball player, so he can jump. That's where you can get the most out of your mismatches is guys like that. And that's what you see in the NFL. And you see it trickling down into the schematics that especially Montana runs.
1: Well, and again, when you talk about It's not just got an individual or two who have a lot of different things they do well. At this level especially, you got to find a bunch of guys who each have a skill or two that they're great at. Part of it is the body type. Part of it is just the skill set that they come with. And Montana State, they are casting a wide net at tight end. Specifically 10 guys on the roster right now at the position of tight end, which is a a large number uh, for for tight ends on a roster. And uh, uh, Nate Potter was asked, what is what kind of luxury is it to have those kinds of numbers at the position you coach?
2: No, it's great. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it's uh, I think it's unique because it, there's a lot of different you know a lot of different body types, a lot of different skill sets, um, a lot of things, a lot of guys that we utilize in different areas. Uh, for me, I absolutely love it. I know it's not normal, but the, our brand of football requires you know full back body types, multiple tight ends, um, so. In order for us to be successful and do what we want to do we got to be able to utilize all all 10 guys so there you go again just like just like you were saying but him you know he's emphasizing that then
1: through just the sheer numbers at the position as well finally he was asked a little bit of a you know sneaky question here trying to get a little bit of info out of him but that's you know we know how critical right tight ends are in the run game and Montana State obviously a run first team presumably still that even with the addition of Justin Udy. so the question is what is the next evolution in the run game at Montana State?
2: <laughs> uh, I can't tell you specifically Bill, but there's always a next there's always a next evolution of the run game and something that uh, the offensive staff has been working on a lot these last few months so. There's going, to be, there's going to be new wrinkles here and there. Um, but that's something we take pride in is trying to figure out what do our guys do best and how can we um, put them in the best position to succeed. And different schemes are going to allow them to do that. So we're always going to be experimenting and trying and, and uh, doing what's, what's best and what's needed now. You know, I think
1: one thing that goes – under the radar a little bit is people talk about the evolution of football and, and certainly basketball too. But I think football is the game that has had the most obvious yeah. progression in it over the course of time. But fans, myself included, still look at it over the course of time. You'd say, OK, well, what does the 80s and 90s look like compared to the aughts and the, you know, the teens in the tw- in the 2000s? And you can see how different the game looks in, in so very many ways. But one thing is, like, year to year, you go, okay, well, the Montana State's a running team. So they ran the ball last year. They're going to load up, try and get as good as they can get on the offensive line, get as many great running backs as they can, to just ram it down your throat again. Well, yes, that's all true, and we talk about that a lot. But also, from the last game of the season until when they break camp in August or June 1 right now and with voluntary workouts – they just sitting on the lake. No, they are going to every camp. They're zooming with all of their buddies. All they're exchanging ideas, and they are looking for every little thing that they can do that the next year when they come at you and run power, there's something that's different. There's something that's new. Whether it's a personnel thing, whether it's a technique thing, whether it's a new way to shift into it so that it is deceptive to the defense. Like all of this is happening, and you don't know. I don't notice. I'm not, I don't know football well enough to say. Oh, well, this is what they did last year, and that's what they're doing this year but you just you you know that this is what's happening and this is why it's going to be different once again and you hear coach potter chuckle because he knows they got some things for you they montana state is ready to go with some new some new some new games to run up front to mess with guys as much as they can and that is part of part of the fun of this that is some of the nuance of the sport the when you look at what montana runs on offense
0: when you have a dual threat freak athlete quarterback like Dalton Sneed and you run all these RPO, op, these run pass option elements out of an up-tempo offense, when you watch everything that's happening not at the line of scrimmage for Montana, it's very complex and diverse and they get a ton of credit for that and they deserve it. When you look at what actually happens in the box, all the movement comes from the tight ends. Montana's offensive linemen block a zone-blocking scheme in almost the exact same fashion every single down of the game. That's the brilliance of the scheme. Because the offensive line, every once in a while, they might pull a guard or something like that, but the offensive line just knows, hey, get off the ball, hit somebody. It's either right or left. That's basically what the call is for the offensive line. You might have a protection, depending on which tight end's in motion, who's going to slide to get the edge guy. But mostly... Dalton's either going to have the ball out of his hands or he's going to be 10 yards in front of you before you even know. So there's not even really pass blocking and run blocking stuff. There is. There's a little bit more nuance than what I'm giving credit for. But you're firing off the ball and you're basically just run blocking. You're basically just zone blocking is what I should say. Montana State, when you watch what's happening on the edge, you watch what's happening with the ball, it seems so simple because it is. It's the opposite of Montana, though. When you watch what's happening at the line, if you're a line nerd like me, this is poetry in motion, man. Montana State runs more formations, more pre-snap formations than anybody in the Big Sky Conference that's not close. And that's what everybody in the league will tell you. We have to prepare so much because not only do we not know who's playing quarterback, you don't know what's coming when they run this formation that you've never seen before. And they're going to run a formation you have never seen before and you will never see again. And that's why they had twenty-five plus ball carriers. You never know when Tyrone Marshall is just going to run a end around. I mean, Tyrone <laughs> Marshall hadn't touched the ball till November last year, and he scored a twenty-seven-yard touchdown against the Grizz. Is that the Grizz fault? No, it was a play that no one had ever seen. Yeah, like oh, like Robbie Howe took a bad angle. Well, okay, of course he did. It's a brand new play. Yeah, you never seen it before. It's a complete surprise, and that's what's so appealing about it. And then you add in the pre-snap motions with the gap schemes, and then you add in. You don't know who's playing quarterback. And you can criticize Montana State's inability to throw the ball all you want, but at the end of the day, I guarantee you every defensive coordinator in the league will tell you that they are the most complicated, maybe not the most difficult, but the most complicated team to prepare for in the Big Sky Conference. And the fact that they got, you said, 10 tight ends on their roster. When you go through this, though, it's like 10 tight ends in four different groups. That's what's going to make it even more complicated. I think that's why Nate Potter had to have kind of a chuckle because he's thinking, well, this could be all across the board. We, we don't even know what we're, right, we're going to do right. here. And I think that that's the beauty of when you really break it down uh, on a detailed level.
1: 2 of two nine ESPN Radio. On the other side, Sean Jackson. He finally said what I have been rooting for for years on this thing. We'll tell you exactly what it is and how this could change the sport once again in the NFL. Hey, boys and girls, the Silver Slipper is open again for sit-down service. They've made some changes to comply, of course, with MCHD standards to help keep everybody safe and healthy. They have new hours, 9 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. in the casino, 11 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. in the bar and restaurant. They they have three-quarter capacity, right, today, June 1st, Phase 2, ready to roll out with Phase 2. Plexiglass dividers between the Kino machines, spaced-out tables to allow plenty of rooms between groups, also extra sanitization stations, and disinfecting schedules. They're changed, the, the times are changing, but the Silver Slipper is on Facebook so that you'll have all their up-to-the-minute information. They also have the friendliest staff in town. And at the Silver Slipper, it's all about great foods, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. So visit online at the thesilverslipperlounge.com. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of the best-kept secrets in the state of Montana. The Silver Slipper is across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks.
3: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: I mean, how many times have I said, NFL, live games, HBO, said, Showtime, I'm How we got to do it? I'm, still thinking, let's to I'm into this. Now. It's 2 is and Nuwana's 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on a very fine Monday afternoon. Hope you are well. Thanks for letting us hang out with you out there in the world, World Wide Web, you know, plot all, uh, on the TV, on the stream, all of that. Good to be with you. Uh, Coulter, Deshaun Jackson, who is uh, is uh, 12? 10 years for sure. Maybe 12-year NFL veteran. Yeah, I think Deshaun Jackson, I believe, is my exact age. Here's what's remarkable about Deshaun Jackson. Usually, usually, guys who make their mark with speed as wide receivers have a shorter shelf life, any position, honestly, whether it's running back, whatever. Deshaun Jackson this will be his 11th season. Is just as fast today as he was the day he stepped onto an NFL field. Well, What's because he's field. the I same mean,
0: size he was when he was
1: 13 years well, old. Well, I mean, okay, but I'm just saying. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. Uh Deshaun Jackson said this. Uh he was speaking by the way with Outside the Lane podcast Lane uh, Johnson, with Lane Johnson. He said, "I think they should mic up players." This is a quote. "They should give fans the inside to see what really goes on between the white lines. It gets crazy, bro. I know in the trenches, it gets crazy. And I know in, on the outside too, it gets crazy. The conversations we go back and forth on end quote. Now he was saying this within the context of what if there's no fans. Uh, I am 1000% for this. Now I have heard people say no, 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 you can't do this. I know you can't do it. I it doesn't stop me from being all the way for it. Now he was talking about <laughs> mic'ing up every player, and people were talking, "Well, it's just going to be chaos if all you're hearing is everybody going all the time." Well, yeah, of course you have, have to curate yeah, right, it. Right,
0: right, you'd have people with buttons. It's just like shooting. I mean, NFL games have what fifty cameras right. shooting what, them now, and
1: how many boom mics that are down? So you'd there? have
0: this. You'd have this producer say, "Okay, I got D-Jack versus." LaShawn Sims, right, let's right, go. Right,
1: And see, what what you could do is come back on the replay, and you could basically do an in-game version of Mic'd Up where they go, you know, you watch the replay, but you also hear the interactions. But I would love to hear it live, and I'm well aware this is not made for over-the-air television and the viewing children at home. Okay, so I get all of so that. I have a question real quick, though.
0: Yeah. The Last Dance yep. and now the Lance Armstrong documentary, right. they're showing on cable television... Completely uncensored. I mean, words that we have never heard on cable before. Yeah, yeah. So what's... How does that work? So they rate it TVMA, so they have a
1: disclaimer, right? Mm.
0: But I still don't understand how you get away with FCC violations. So
1: here's the thing. I I don't know the answer to your question, so I'll start there. I think,
0: first of all, it's because it's not a public airwave, right? Sure, it's not. Like 1029 ESPN... Boone 9 FM in, in Missoula Montana, Western Montana is a
1: public airwaves. It's right? called terrestrial television and radio, and it is free and it is available all the time. Even if you, we we cannot, we
0: cannot. That's right. Play these Michael Jordan interviews where he's just dropping all the bad words. Yeah, because that would be as uh, FCC That's violation, right. right?
1: And and cable television has looser restrictions than that, but they have generally abided by some of these same things but if you go to like if you go to like late night like they they at some point they had a threshold where it's like well after 11 p.m
0: that's why south park was on after 11 and south
1: park had all the bad words yeah, at least some of them they did there's still a couple they avoided but michael jordan moved moved those right aside and my only answer for you is it's michael jordan so i I think i think
0: part of it too though is that ESPN has always had a dual revenue stream, and I think that a lot of people haven't known that. You know that you pay for your cable package, and you know that when you're watching cable television, the people that are broadcasting to you are making money off of advertising, but it actually is itemized, and that's just never been presented to us in an itemized fashion
1: that's right. until now. You pay $7 You've or something You've been paying like
0: that $7 for, for ESPN, ESPN for the last 25 years, but now instead of... Having to buy the 150 hundred and fifty dollar package that includes ESPN, now you can just buy ESPN for five ninety nine like I do.
1: Yeah. So in, in any case, I don't. I would assume that there had to be uh, disclaimers. Obviously, there were disclaimers, but that there had to be uh, allowances granted. I mean, something like permissions or or you know, I don't know. You had to get the right. Paper signed in order to air something like that we don't want ESPN2 the edited version you know aired of the last dance so you know if you wanted to watch it with your kids or whatever it was you could go to that and you would have a, the, the the clean version of it I don't know the answer to that I would say this whatever you heard on the last dance or the Lance Armstrong thing would pale in comparison to the first quarter of the first game of an unedited NFL game okay like it would be, it would be a certain level of amazement that this is in fact the thing that's happening now. I also think that it depends on the guy. Like I think some guys go in there and you think they're swearing up a storm, and they're actually even if they're talking smack, or maybe they're just not at all, just saying, "Hey man, is this how it's going to be today? This is the type of game we're going to. Okay, let's see, let's see, let's see what happens." You know. So I think that you know. I think it would be fun to be surprised by what you would hear in both directions, but the idea that you want to hear it while it's happening in the conversation that's ongoing. Look, the XFL, whatever you want to think about that. I mean, they got the mic in the huddle. You're hearing the play call come down from the you know the offensive coordinator to the quarterback, who's relaying it to the guys. And if you have an uh, an analyst who more or less knows what's going on you know he could sit there and say well this is what they're looking for they're planning to run you know a bootleg right to you know to the to the strong side of the field or whatever it might be and you know that as a fan ahead of time and that could be you know really fun now I don't know if you want to get into that in the NFL because there's a level of It could be. Seems like it'd be fairly easily compromised if you got a TV in the defensive coordinator's box and he's watching the same thing you're watching. I I mean, I don't know all all the things going on with that. But for me, it's all about just hearing the ongoing conversations and what is you know the truth of the matter in and on the 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 floor, the arena, as it were.
0: Of course, Deshaun Jackson wants this because he's one of the great verbal combat.
1: I mean, guys in the entire league. Who would be your number one guy to listen to? My number one guy the, to in, listen yeah. to. I would love to listen to the guy who's going against Aaron Donald. <laughs> yes, sir. No, sir. I think mean, you get a lot of that. I Dang it. <laughs> Mr. Donald. Donald, Donald. What, what you, how much you I, shade I've over been, here? We you we go know, three tech instead
0: of zero I've tech? I've been so bored. I was re-watching Hard Knocks from last year, and there's the episode of Hard Knocks with the, uh, the Raiders where – They play, they scrimmage against the Rams. Mm. And they, Donald is not mic'd up. They don't interview him or anything. But Richie Cognito is one of the central characters for the Raiders. And as we know, Richie Cognito is, first of all, a beast of a football player. I mean, borderline Hall of Fame offensive guard. Mm -hmm. But also a guy, and you don't want to make jest of this, he's not just like ha-ha crazy. Like he actually has mental issues. He's had some mental illness things in his career. But no one's ever going to question his grit, toughness, his ability to stand up to a challenge. And after they get done with the scrimmage, Gruden's like, So, how'd it go? John Gruden's uh, head coach of the Raiders says, how'd it, how'd it go, Richie? How'd it go with 99? And he goes, Man, coach, he's not human. Like, I've been around the league a long time. You can't block him. He's yeah. like, He he never stops. And so I would just think it would be so funny because I do think that I don't know if Aaron Donald actually ever says a word. And that's why I'd want to hear the guy that he goes against. Mm-hmm.
1: Who's your number one? I don't know, man. There's so many. I mean, Jason, some of the so Jason Kelsey would be up there. Jason Kelsey's good. Love to hear the center, the lineman. You know, the, you you want to know hear? who's probably some of the best smack talkers? Who's that? The fullbacks. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on. Who? Wait, you want to? Who's my boy? Kyle check? Kyle Kyle Usechek. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not talking. Come man, on! I bet you he's talking. No. No, no, no. No chance. I mean, I am still I would still happily listen to Josh Norman all day long. What's mm. he got for you? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's gonna give you gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, D Jack is a pretty good one. D-Jack's pretty good. I think there's I think there's a lot of good ones out there. You know? I'd love to hear I would you know what I'd like to hear? DeAndre
0: Hopkins probably talks about it. I'd love bit. to hear
1: Aaron Rodgers. Oh I, my I, gosh. I, no, no, no. <laughs> I would too. Because I want to see what he actually is what, saying. You know
0: when he has his stupid look on his face, what's what right. actually coming out of
1: his mouth. One of the things that got me on Dez Bryant was Got you, like, good or bad? Got me good. Mm-hmm. Des, middle to maybe 60% of the way through his Dallas days. Mm-hmm. So at the height of it, but but certainly been around a while. And everybody talked all the time about, well, you know, is he a distraction? Is he this? Is he that? Is he a good teammate? Whatever, whatever. And I watched a game in which he was going berserk on the sideline. After a, after a failed possession or something like that and he's yelling at teammates i don't know if he threw his helmet but he like slammed his helmet this that and the other and this is what you saw and you go you know really like this is what we're doing and then i watched completely separated the mic'd up of the game on nfl network like five days later Mm -hmm. right and all you hear him saying is you guys we got this. We're better than this. We are gonna get this. I promise you we're gonna get and he's just and he is going up and he's pumping up everybody all the way up and down. But if you just watch him, it looks like, well, and he because he is screaming at everybody. Mm-hmm. But he's screaming at them words of encouragement to you know, in in a bad spot, like a spot where it looks like he's melting down because it's falling. And like that's the stuff that I'm talking about where all of a sudden maybe guys where you're like, you know, this I, I'm not into this guy. I'm not into Cam... I'm not into sour... You know, sour face Cam Newton. Right, right, Well, maybe that isn't all that there that there is to know about it.
0: Some of the guys that I would most readily pick have recently retired. James Harrison would be... Oh. ...a great
1: one. Do you think he... Do you think he says anything? I mean, yes. James Harrison feels like Yes, but like he does not... A-
0: he's not screaming and he's not pounding his chest. He's deeply whispering into your ear. <laughs> I'm gonna whip you again. This sons. is
1: the last play
0: <laughs> of you're your life. Be on. <laughs> <this end. laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Richard Sherman would be a good one. Sherman.
1: Yep. Um, good, yep. Is
0: Vontaze Burfict still in the league? I feel like he's. I believe he he's isn't. either in and suspended or not.
1: I mean, he's not. He's not with the Bengals, which seems like he's not with anybody. But I could be wrong if he did get picked up somewhere. Yeah, he he would be. He but would the be other a good one, one would be some of the great ones where you just had no idea that they. You know, who knows the the yeah. some, like? Here's the thing: is that there would be easily. Ten guys who would become superstars. No question. That you we that we couldn't even name them today in the league. You know who's always And I think they'd be linemen. You
0: know who's been mic'd up a few times before and, and maybe doesn't get enough credit to is Eric Weddle. Okay. Mm. He, I mean, ta- he talks a lot. He's all over the place. Uh there other, aren't that many guys in the league that don't talk, right? Like oh, no Pat question. McAfee
1: for Dude, crying I mean, out loud.
0: <laughs> here's the thing though, this, this, you talk about the nuances of the game. In college football, I know for a fact certain coaches recruit dudes based on their ability to talk. Mm. Not not exclusively, but if you're a if you got six foot 175 pound corner A and six foot 175 pound corner B, and they're about the same player, if this guy talks, he's getting recruited. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Cho, one of the yeah. number one things Jeff Cho did at Montana State he was like, well. I'm not Rob Ash. I don't want a Rob Ash program. I want verbal combat. And so he hired Jared, Gerald Alexander, who's one of the great trash talking assistant coaches I ever heard, and said to GA, "Hey, go go to Southern California, get me some corners who can light up our practices, who can challenge guys."
1: Here's the thing. If oh, go ahead. One other pair I thought of the Bosa brothers. Oh yeah, actually no, they can't. I've heard enough bosa interviews where I'm a little reticent to believe in their ability to talk in general, to say nothing of talk on the field. Nice quads though. Great quads. Great everything.
0: You kidding me? To put a bow on this, is Deshaun Jackson a Hall of Famer? I would say no. But <laughs> but but you <laughs> asked me you asked me this off the top though. I just think this is I think this is fascinating though. What if I told you that Deshaun Jackson had more 1000-yard receiving seasons than Art Monk? Irving Fryer, yeah. Tony Gonzalez, Andre Reed. I mean, Deshaun Jackson has comparable career numbers to guys like Equan Bolden, Andre Johnson, and Steve Smith.
1: Yeah, he's he's done it at a higher level for longer than people really give him credit for I mean,
0: he has he has almost twelve
1: thousand receiving yards. All I know is that there's no way that talking is a recruiting tool because if it was, I would have had a full ride everywhere.
3: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: You know, it's remarkable uh, what you can accomplish in a commercial break, good and bad, if, if you have to. Yeah, I mean, you always make
0: fun of me for being late. It's because I accomplish so many things, because I have so much
1: optimism that I can. It is it is it is among your worst qualities. It's 2 it's one of 102.9 ESPN Radio. See, I would argue is,
0: it is among the uh, only reasons I've ever been successful. No
1: if it, you would do my heart so much good if you were in this studio at 350 but that's oh, because be that's so one of
0: your worst so qualities is your paranoia of abandonment
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean. Of all the mischaracterizations that we've ever had of each other, that is right. The up thing that's
0: there. so funny, though, is you're so punk rock. I
1: just want you to be you're here. So I want you to be here. You're the most punk rock rule follower oh, I've yeah, ever met. Yeah.
0: You're obsessed with following the rules.
1: Yeah. I just, you know, I just, it seems like 350 isn't too big an ask. But here's what happened just now, okay? Did you reset the show? I can't even remember. I, it's 2 telling me I mean, Here what the heck else could it possibly
0: be? <laughs> I just want everybody to know. Hi, everybody on SWX. Hi, everybody on the radio.
1: Um, I uh, I decided I was going to do some <laughs> afternoon coffee. The pot was made by yours truly earlier in the day. Very, very good pre-planning. Some, some leftover, but it's been off, so it needed to heat it up, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got a fairly large you know, black coffee mug here. And so it's going to take more than just a 30 second jolt. I need to do a 60, 70 second hit on it to get it up to the temperature that it needed to be, to be, you know, properly consumed as a hot cup of coffee. I know I'm running late in terms of getting back in here. It's down the hallway. I got to get there. I got to get back. I get it all heated up. I'm counting it down. I'm waiting for it. And like, you know, Like a NASCAR pit crew, as soon as that beeper goes, I hit the door open, I grab the thing, and I yank it out of there, and you already know. You already know what happens next. I hook the handle on something on the door out of my hand, and an entire cup of coffee spills on the floor. Here's what's amazing to me about spilled coffee. If you have a cup of coffee in your car, Coulter, you got, you know, what, 8, 12 ounces, say in the thing, right? But if you spill it in your car, you know how much is in your car? I don't know, a keg. I mean it <laughs> is it right. is a it thousand is tons of fluid that is everywhere on her, every nook and cranny of everything you can have. I'm in the kitchen lifting up garbage cans, the composter, every it's on the side of the the the, the dishwasher, not to mention every other thing. I smell like coffee, which I mean, may maybe that's an improvement but it's just so frustrating, man. Like, I went in there, I was already. Right. So this happened in the last break. I have since gone and cleaned it up in this break. And now I'm trying to drink my next cup, which I was a lot more careful about. So there you go. Now you know what I'm doing while the commercials are running. It's 2 tell and the 1 is one SPN Radio. Coulter, we had uh, uh, the great opportunity to uh, once again go over to Coeur d'Alene and golf at the Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort this weekend. And I was reminded again of just like how nice it is to golf on a spectacular golf course like that. I I also add, we're very lucky because there's a couple of golf courses in this area, in our media area, that are very nice. That said, you can't replicate the Coeur d'Alene Lake First of all, I mean it is it is an awesome place, and if you've been there, you know it. And also, it is just it's a resort, it's a four star resort golf course, the world's only floating green that moves in and out. you know they which you parred, which I did make a par on. I was very proud of that uh, par that I made. But we want to encourage you. CDAResort.com dot com is where you go. CDAResort.com. dot com. If it's on. Uh, if you are a golfer, if you know people who are golfers, Father's Day is coming up. It's a bucket list type thing. You can go over there. You stay the night in the hotel. You play around a golfer. Maybe you just go over for the day. You know, show up midday, play the round of golf, go out for dinner, come back. It's a beautiful drive. I mean, it's as good as it gets, of course, going from, you know, uh, uh, Montana, wherever you are in Montana, driving across the state, up and over a uh, 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 lookout pass, and then into Idaho. It's, it's fantastic. But uh, we had the chance to do it again, and you can do it yourself anytime you want. That said, we are also giving away, giving away a stay and play uh, uh, package for two over there. So what you do is you text in your best golf photo to two hundred eight one eight four area code four zero six two zero zero. 8184 you text it in and you will be in the running with everybody else we've had we've done this all last week got a bunch of these things that have come in we're collecting them again the phone numbers that that are associated with these they're not going anywhere they're not being used for solicitation nobody sees any of this stuff except for Coulter and myself and so you you text in uh, your best golf photo and then thursday of this week thursday Coulter and i are going to go ahead and pick the favorites, the finalists that we're going to have. We will post them to the social medias. We want to hear your feedback, and then Friday we will pick a winner. So you have uh, four more days, today, tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday, to get in your best photo. Again, 200 8184 Text in your best golf photo. Again, if you're looking for a place to go, a present to give, a present to receive, CDAResort.com. As good as it gets in the Intermountain West and Northwest for golfers. It is an absolute paradise. CDAResort.com. Hour one in the books, hour two straight ahead. Blindside. Colter wants to talk basketball. Do I want to talk cycling? You'll find out soon enough.